0: All right, Hawks fans and Hooball fans, we have a special Hooball promo. This is big, real big, like Manny Fresh, house real big, car real big, daddy. Anyway, before I start singing and dancing in the booth to an, a New Orleans classic, this is a huge week for everyone at Hooball because all of our 2020-2021 NBA season products are finally for sale. These hoop ball products are the best in the business, so listen up. Here's what's out. The Draft Guide. This is our flagship, our shining beacon like Superman. The most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy sports. Our guys went 400 players deep again this year. A future access pass to the Brewski 150 is also out. If you don't know what the Brewski 150 is... You need to know now. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for the last decade. Deck aid. And new for this year, Hooball is unveiling our new monthly membership plans. I'll try to keep this part short as much as I can. We have the fantasy pass, which includes the draft guide, the Brewski 150, and also the new DFS pass and all of our in-season premium tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. We have the new Wager Pass for our sports bettors out there who want picks and analysis. And we have the HoopBall 360. The sucker has all of the stuff above, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. So head to hoop-ball.com or follow at Hoop Ball Fantasy on Twitter now. Right now. Like, go on Twitter right after you hear this to learn more and get yours today. If you want to succeed in sports betting in your fantasy basketball leagues this year, this is a no brainer. Again, go to Twitter right now at Hoop Ball Fantasy or go to hoop ball.com and get right today. The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds watch. Trey Slaughter. In. Can't get it. Kevin lets it fly. Swish. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the show here on the Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight. Where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. Recording this on the day after the big win up in Memphis last night to push the Hawks record to 2-0 to start the season. For the recap for that game, tune in to the previous episode of Ball Hawks, where I break it all down. This episode, we have a very special guest on, and then after that, we will preview the matchup versus the 0-2 Pistons tomorrow night for the Hawks' home opener in the State Farm Arena here in Atlanta. We will get to the special guest for this episode after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'ma plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code hoopball to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A+ plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this is your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie and the best thing is is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back here on All Hawks. As I promised you, listeners, we have a very special guest today. Today we have none other than the best, and I'm going to say the best, Chris Kirshner on the planet, who does exceptional coverage and stories for the Atlanta Hawks for The Athletic. And I suggest that you subscribe and follow. So, Chris, as I said before we started this, the first question is going to be the toughest. Happy holidays. How's your Christmas?
1: Well, I uh... – I was feeling sick starting on Monday I was going to go home to Jacksonville, which is where my parents are and, um, started feeling sick on Monday, got tested for Corona. I was negative, but it, it took until Christmas morning until the results came in. So I just ended up staying here in Atlanta and spent some time with my girlfriend. So, I mean, it, it was fine for sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still feeling a little un, under the weather currently, But, um, you know, we're pushing on, and I'm just glad basketball is back. So I have something that occupies me.
0: Amen to that, and we wish you best in, obviously, recovering and feeling better. We're saddened to hear that, you know, your Christmas wasn't what you planned it to be, but I'm glad it was a good Christmas nonetheless. And hopefully next year you'll be healthy on Christmas, and hopefully with this Hawks team success, fingers crossed, You'll be working on Christmas as they hopefully maybe have an opportunity to play on Christmas Day next year. So for reference for our audience, Chris, how long have you been covering the NBA and the Atlanta Hawks?
1: Uh, This is my third season now with the Athletic. It's been uh, an interesting time because obviously when I started, Trey Young was a rookie. Lloyd Pierce was a rookie head coach. Kevin Herter, the team had Amari Spellman back then. Travis Schlenk, general manager, was in his second season. John Collins was in his second season. So I kind of started at the perfect time to grow with this young roster and, and obviously now it's much different now just with the moves they made this off season and getting, you know, quality veterans instead of trying to get expiring contracts or players who they might flip at the trade deadline for draft capital it just it seems like that's such a, a distant time in the past now because they're truly trying to win. So this is really the first season I'm covering the team where there are expectations on this franchise to win. And if they don't meet those expectations, obviously with that comes changes at, at that point. So it's going to be an interesting season, I think.
0: And you kind of jumped into my next question. As I said in your time covering – On the court, I know you've talked about the off the court moves and the change of mentality and philosophy as far as building this roster. And now they have the pieces here. What is the biggest difference on the court that you have seen from your beginning time in covering the Atlanta Hawks?
1: Well, in in my first season, they uh, the roster was obviously not constructed to win, and now it is. I'm not saying the current roster is built to win a championship this year. I don't think that's going to happen, but That's the main difference, is that in that first season, they uh, traded for Jeremy Lin, who they they were hoping to trade at the deadline, and, and nobody wanted him. They obviously ended up buying him out, and he ended up winning a championship with the Raptors, which is awesome for Jeremy. From that point to where we are now, the main difference is Tony Ressler, the Hawks owner and, and Travis Schlank this offseason decided that they wanted to get some veterans who could not only you know help lead in the locker room, but also could provide meaningful minutes on the floor, which is something that they just hadn't gotten out of their veterans in my first two seasons covering the team. When you think about the roster last year, they had Evan Turner, Chandler Parsons, Alan Crabb, all those guys were just not useful at all on, on the floor. So that's really the main difference this year is they, they finally have veterans who can actually provide meaningful minutes and are some of the best players on the team.
0: Yeah, and my college football coach always used to say when we go against a team that just had just a bunch of guys that were just assembled, just a bunch of dudes. Like, And, and you're absolutely right. It just seemed like in the years past they just had a bunch of dudes on the roster to fill it out and play games. Mm-hmm. And now that's not the case, which is just great for Atlanta Hawks fans and great for the city of Atlanta. Because I know a Tony Ressler said he wants a team that – fans and people in Atlanta can be proud of and get behind. And speaking of Tony wrestler, you wrote an article about how Tony wrestler gathered Travis link, Lloyd Pierce and assistant GM Landry Fields, along with Nate McMillan and asked him straight up, what moves needed to be made to win. And they went out and did that this offseason. And it seems that wrestler is confident in the money that he and the team spent on this roster this year. And hopefully that they can be a playoff team this season but with many other teams in the East improving as well. Do you think that this is one of the moves, obviously, this offseason, one of those instant gratification cases that ownership is going to be looking at? Or is this a three-year window as far as, hey, let's see what we do this year and let's build upon it? Yeah, I think it's it's more of
1: the latter. It's, uh, you know, they want to build a, a, a roster that's able to make it to the playoffs when they get to the playoffs what can they do at that point wrestler told me when i when i was speaking with him is that if they're the 8th seed in the eastern conference it's not like they're going to hold up a a flag that says mission accomplished and, and beat their chest and, and you know just be happy with that that's not really the goal the goal is to um, definitely get to the playoffs but also compete make noise maybe win that first round series but I think the the main objective for wrestler and the Hawks is showing meaningful growth this year, obviously, last year they won twenty games. He wouldn't put a number on what he is expecting the Hawks to win as far as like how many games they're they're gonna win this year, which is understandable because you know if if you obviously don't meet that reporters fans they're gonna hold you to that, so it makes sense why he wouldn't say what is meaningful growth to him but he did say that you know meaningful growth is not 25 wins and obviously they won 20 last year so you know I think for this franchise the moves they made definitely gives them flexibility moving forward they have a lot of young pieces on on the roster now they have veteran contracts who could you know be packaged in a trade for a superstar. If the Hawks want to pursue that route, they have all their future draft capital. So I think this year really is about, you know, building a really solid foundation to show that, okay, the young core we have now, this is a a group that we can win around. Now it's just a matter of pairing those guys with the right mix of veterans that, can elevate the the future trajectory of the franchise. So I think that's what it's mainly about this year.
0: And ladies and gentlemen, if you have not read that article from Chris Kirshner of The Athletic, it's a great article, him talking to Tony Wrestler and just what he thinks of this team and of this roster. And you're absolutely right, Chris. We don't want to have a Los Angeles Clippers situation where they came in beating their chest year one saying, we're going to do X, Y, Z, and then do X, Y, Z. And they got bounced out. And now you have a bunch of jokes and a bunch of uh unwanted nicknames associated with some of the players on that Cooper's roster, which they're looking to rebound this year. But talking about the young pieces, the young core for the Atlanta Hawks, you talked about in the article about how Tony Rester asked for patience out of the key young players on the talks roster. And it seems like it may pay off this year. And as early as it may seem, they seem like everyone is thrilled with the changes on the roster from John Collins to Trey Young, Kevin Herter, they have all said positive things about the new additions made on this team. What is the sense around the locker room, even though I know you don't have the normal access to the players at, in a non-COVID era, but how does the group feel about where the team is now and potentially speaking to where it could go going forward?
1: I mean, they're excited for sure. The other night to one of my questions, I asked John, you No, know, I, I said in as many words, like, you know, this is the first year for you where you're playing with a group of guys who is ready to win. And they're, you know, they're willing to get to the playoffs now instead of getting to the top of the draft. And he was saying that it's fun to play with a group of guys who is ready to win and get to the playoffs. And hopefully advance even further than that when they get there. So for the guys who've been here for, you know, three years, two years, like Trey Young and Kevin Herter, you know, this is really the first year for for those guys where they're getting to experience actual team success, or at least what they hope will be team success. It's, It's still early in the season, but this is really the first year for these guys where they're playing with guys who are brought in to, get this team to the next level and they're not playing with guys who are just willing to, you know, collect the paycheck and, 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 you know, just get out of there as soon as possible. So I I think that's really important for the young guys to have that they have now a group of veterans who can help advance their careers as well as the team's success. So it should be an interesting season to see how these veterans fit in and, and how they elevate the franchise.
0: Yeah, and I know that's something that I'm looking, you know, game to game to continue growth that you mentioned from this young team. I wanted to see consistent, you know, effort night in and night out. And through small sample size, the first two games, we are seeing that. And I just want to see them continue to build on the good habits, get healthy, get everybody on the court, test out these rotations in these lineups that, you know, we have, there's a myriad of them that they can put them out there right now and I remember when you asked coach Lloyd Pierce that question I was kind of fanboying with like hey it's Chris uh, when you when you asked that question post game so but I'm gonna speak to Hawks Twitter which it could be it's a very wonderful place to be right now and it's not always been that case. many people on Twitter are wondering based on the moves that the Hawks make this offseason. Are we out of the rebuild process and is it now the evaluation time as far as, you know, like in Philadelphia, they went to trust the process narrative and then now they wanted to evaluate. And they had a couple of seasons where then all of a sudden, you know, hey, we got to get H.C. out of there because he's not the right coach to lead these guys. And now everything will become highly scrutinized. Do you agree that? I personally think that this is the last step of the rebuild and the evaluation process is to come. Or do you think that, you know what, this year starts the evaluation process for the timeline for this management for the Hawks?
1: Yeah, I think we're in full evaluation mode now. Um, when you make the moves that the Hawks did this past offseason, it's clear that it is an evaluation mode. They have to figure out who's going to be a part of the franchise moving forward. Obviously, when the the deadline passed this past Monday with John Collins's contract extension, obviously the Hawks didn't, you know, give him a deal. They didn't agree to terms with Collins. So, you know, that's a big part of, of the future. Evaluating how he fits in with the young core, the veterans, how he looks when Clint Capella is healthy, how he looks with Trey Young. I think that's all a big part of the evaluation process because when this offseason comes around, they have to figure out if, if Collins is going to be a part of the future and if they want to give him significant money. I, I would assume that at least one team is going to give him significant money this offseason just because there aren't many guys who are 6'9", who can shoot over 40% from three, who is as efficient as, as John. So one of these teams around the league who cleared cap space – with the hope that Giannis would uh, enter free agency, obviously that didn't happen now because he got the supermax from Milwaukee. But these teams were looking forward to Giannis hitting free agency and some of these other guys who ended up getting contract extensions from their current teams. So you have a bunch of teams now who have a lot of cap space and no one really to spend it on. So John is one of the winners from uh, you know this this these past couple of weeks because he's going to enter next offseason as one of the best free agents in the 2021 class, and he's going to get significant money. So for Travis, he has to figure out for John if he he is a part of the future and what he is willing to spend uh, to keep him with the Hawks. And that goes for the other guys too, because like I was saying, they have the pieces now where they can make a, a significant move to get a superstar, get a, get a true second superstar next to Trey. And that's important because as we've seen over the, in the NBA over these past several seasons is for teams that are in the playoff hunt, not playoff hunt, but championship hunt, these teams have at least two superstars. The Hawks have one who is currently on that path to becoming a superstar. I'm not going to say he's a superstar yet, but I think he's on that path so they have to figure out who's gonna be that second star next to trey, and they have the pieces if they can get a deal done and and any deal done with a with a team that has a superstar who wants out you know you would have to assume that some of these young players are gonna go so th- they're definitely in evaluation mode to figure out who, who's who's gonna be with the team moving forward long term and who they would feel comfortable packaging in a trade for to get even better. So I, I think what we're seeing right now is that the team is in full evaluation mode. And this season is really important on a whole lot of levels that will manifest itself over the next few years with the Hawks.
0: And I 100% agree with that. And especially with the Trey Young sending on the superstar level. I know Stephen A. Smith he took notice of Trey Young's game. And so some people may say once Stephen A. Smith tweets about you, you've reached that level. But I know if you you talk to Trey Young, he knows that there's work that still needs to be done with this team, which is one of the things that we mentally that Lloyd Pierce has been preaching. Is that I just love seeing infused in this team right now. To continue on John Collins for a little bit. It was reported that he was offered a $90 million extension and he turned it down. We don't know how true that is, but that's circulating right now. And he obviously thinks he's worth more than that. And because of his numbers, it can be argued that he is worth more than $90 million. And that's where Travis and you know the management have to figure out the money to give him. But for it can be argued that he's not worth that because of his availability the last two years, only playing in 68% of the total games played by the Hawks or showing any true substantial improvement on the defensive end. It does not necessarily mean that J- JC's time is done in Atlanta, as you alluded to, but I certainly hope that Personally, they get it done. But do you think that any of those factors, the improvement on the defensive end and his availability, do you think that played into maybe both sides not getting a deal done?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, John was great last year, but he played in 41 games. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you don't earn a a max contract when he played just 41 games and he was suspended. That definitely plays a, a, a part in this. You know, when he got suspended, the the trust from the organization deteriorated a little bit. So it it is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, John put himself and the team in that situation when he tested positive, and, you know, he was great after he came back. So I think for John, he definitely believes that with the numbers he put up, that he's deserving of a max contract, and it's understandable. You know, there were only four players in the league last year who put up 20-10, and Giannis. 20, 20 points, 10 rebounds, I should say. Um, Giannis himself, Carl Anthony Towns, and Joel Embiid. All those guys are on Max Thiels, and, and John isn't. So I understand where his thinking is, but again, he only played in 41 games last year. Someone had to score on the Hawks. It, it, it is what it is. I mean, they didn't have a, a good roster. It was either going to be Trey scoring a bunch or John scoring a bunch, and most games it was both of them scoring a bunch. So Someone has to score, and if you're the second option on a team that is really bad and, and doesn't really care about winning, you know, you're going to put up numbers. So now, moving forward, it's still about the efficiency that John showed last year. He was one of the most efficient players in the league. He shot over 40% from three. He established himself as one of the best finishers at the rim out of all players across the league. No, if he continues playing the way he did last year, then I think the Hawks should extend him. If if they feel like he's expendable, maybe they would look to trade him around the trade deadline this season. If the Hawks have no interest in extending John, I I think that's probably the best route, just like they did with Torian and Prince uh, last summer. They had no interest in giving uh, Prince an extension. So they traded him, and they got an additional first-round pick from Brooklyn in the allen Crab deal. They ended up with two first-round picks because Crab's salary dump gave the Hawks a first-round pick in that. And then in that deal, uh, they also got a first-round pick in from uh, the Torian Prince deal. So I, I think for the Hawks, if they feel like Collins is just not a part of the future they should definitely look to move him either at the deadline or in the off season through a sign and trade. I'm not saying that, that you know Collins is is done in Atlanta. He's not coming back. Again, what I was saying in my last answer is we're still in evaluation mode. You know, through two games, I think Collins has looked pretty good defensively. And I think last year he uh, showed significant growth on that end of the floor from where he was in the previous season. So if he continues progressing if he continues showing high efficiency numbers, then it makes sense to give Collins a significant deal. But the problem is that the Hawks are going to have a max player on their salary cap books in Trey Young. Trey is eligible to get his extension uh, this offseason and won't kick in until 2022. But you know that Trey is going to get a max contract. That It is what it is. So you have to figure out, okay, now we have we have one max contract on the books. Can we get another one or, or one that is close to that also with Collins? So I think for the Hawks they have to figure out, and this is why wins are so important this year, because some big decisions are coming up. So for Collins, they have to figure out, okay, we know we're gonna give Trey this significant contract what happens at this point if we give collins the same so that's a, that's a big question that is that needs to be answered by travis you know later on in the season obviously it's it's too early to figure out what's going to happen but that's something that needs to be figured out because when you give two players max money or or two players close to max money you are saying that these two players have the opportunity and the chance to win a championship one day. From what we've seen so far from Trey and John through two seasons together, I don't I mean it's it's impossible to know if that's the case just because they haven't been given the roster around them to show that they can win a championship. And that and that's the ultimate goal. It's not again, it's not getting to the, the playoffs as the a seed and, and get bounced every year like Orlando does. So they, they, will, they have higher expectations than that. So the, this, this is why this season is so important on many levels. It's because you have so many important decisions coming up and we don't know the answers to them. And the only way to get those answers is to continue playing the games and seeing how this team progresses.
0: In the words of Lil Wayne's song, let it all work out. Let it all play out. This is what this year is for. Uh, I have two questions before I get you out of here. I spoke to Trey Young really setting a tone as a leader on the court. I've seen it in the first couple of games doing it on both ends, giving effort, which I love seeing from Trey Young and seeing just the progressions in his game as an NBA player. You wrote about the pickup games in LA that Trey invited the Young Core out to. Can you tell the audience a little bit more of that story without obviously spoiling the whole story? Guys, you got to read it yourself, but a little teaser to that because I feel like that story that you wrote, obviously, if the Hawks garner the success that everyone hopes they do. This could be one of those moments that ESPN blows up as a defining moment coming into this season. I really hope you get that credit for that article because it's an amazing article. But tell the audience a little bit about that and maybe some of that continuity that was built in those games. They can kind of see play out throughout the season from game to game.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it, this offseason was extremely difficult for the eight teams that didn't go to Orlando for the resumption of their seasons just because – You know, we haven't seen an offseason this long before. So, for a team like Atlanta, which was super young before free agency, they were really on their own of figuring out, like, we have nine months, or they didn't even know at this time when they went to Los Angeles in November that when the season was going to come back. But, you know, they at that point hadn't played competitively in in eight months. A lot of that time was spent separated from one another because the practice facility across the the NBA had really tight restrictions where they couldn't practice with one another in group settings. Most of their workouts were done individually. And obviously in the NBA, you have to play together to have some sort of idea of how you're going to play once the season rolls around. And, and for the for the Hawks, they had no idea because they weren't allowed to do so inside their own practice facility. So for Trey, for the past three years now, he's gone to Los Angeles to work out. This started back in uh, the pre-draft process. He he has a, a trainer out there who helps him with all his skills and, and whatnot. So this year, while Trey was out training by himself with his trainer, he was playing in some pickup games out there and realized that A lot of NBA players who were done with their seasons were out there and playing. So because the Hawks hadn't played together at all, he had the idea that, you know, what if he can help organize the eight guys who were coming back on the roster this year and get them out to Los Angeles to play with one another for a week. And they got all of them, found a week that worked for them. They all flew to Los Angeles. They all, you know, pretty much stayed with each other for 24 hours straight. You know, hung out, talked about life. At that time, the election was going on. They were talking about that, just talking about the future, talking about the upcoming season, and, uh, and most importantly, they got to play some pickup games with one another on the same team against guys like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden was out there, Isaiah Thomas, John Wall was out there. Um, and some other NBA players and they got to play against these guys on the same team. So it was like the Hawks versus you know various NBA players and they ended up leaving Los Angeles with the winning record in those pickup games and it, and it gave him the confidence that okay, like for the past two years now, these guys were clearly just on a different level and, and much better than us. and with them leaving, With uh, a winning record in those pickup games, it really gave them confidence moving into the season whenever it started. Again, they didn't know when the season was going to start at that time. But they left with the confidence that, you know what, I think we're ready to take this next step. Whatever happens in free agency, I think we're ready to adjust and, and welcome these people in and get to that next level of winning. So. That's what happened you know they they left Los Angeles with the hope that whatever happened in free agency, they were going to take that next step moving forward, win, and that's where we are now. you know I think through two games, those young players, we've seen them look really confident you know last night uh, while well, we're recording this Sunday afternoon, but you know on Saturday against Memphis, it was Trey Young and, and Kevin Herter who stepped up. DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, uh, you know, filled in gaps. John Collins looked good, but with this young roster, it's anybody has the opportunity to you know be that that second or third guy that the Hawks need. The starters for most of the game against Memphis didn't look good, and it was Kevin Herter who was really running the show. And that's that's what they need they, they need some of these younger guys outside of Trey to step up in, in opportunities where they can and help get them over the edge and I, I think again going back to Los Angeles that week together really solidified themselves in, in their minds as you know being a legitimate team that could end up you know causing damage in the NBA one day.
0: And what a lot of people may not understand, you know, me being a former athlete, you put in the work, but it's all about confidence. And if you have confidence in your game, it really elevates your play once you get on the field or the court, whatever your respective sport is. So audience, please go back and read that article. I... Chris, I thoroughly enjoyed that article. And like I said, I think it's going to be one of those things that ESPN comes back and say, hey, that was the moment that led to this success. And like I said, I hope you get the credit that you deserve. And I'll be speaking your praises from the mountaintops or from the valley. (laughs) Thank you. You No, no problem. And finally, final question before I let you go. It's early in the season, small sample size. We have seen the best case scenario for when the offense is clicking on all cylinders against Chicago. We've seen flashes of good, defensive play in both regular season games, especially last night to close out the win against Memphis and the Hawks certainly need to go through the season get healthy continue to build upon the good habits clean up the bad things but the way too early with very little context because the Hawks obviously last year they started off well and then they fell off and their season derailed with injuries and an untimely suspension and I certainly understand if you cannot answer this question but what do you expect for this Hawks team this upcoming season
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think they have enough talent to get to the playoffs. I I still think they're going to be in the play-in tournament. So that'll mean that they're one of the, you know, either 7th, 8th, or ninth, or 10th in the East. I think they'll be one of the higher seeds in the play-in tournament, whether it's seven or eight. I still think that they're going to need something significant ahead of them in the Eastern Conference standings to be a top-six team and and not worry about playing in the play-in tournament. Which is possible. I mean, every year in the NBA, something crazy happens and there's a big injury or a team just doesn't look as good as expected. That's going to have to happen for the Hawks to get in the top six, in my opinion. I I don't think they're they're one of the top six teams yet. And like you said, they started last year 2-0 and everybody was excited and they ended up winning only 18 games after that. So it's still extremely early in the season to have any sort of strong premonition uh, about what's going to happen moving forward. I I think this team is much different than last year, of course, just because, again, they have quality veterans. The bench is deep. The bench was one of the worst units across the NBA last year. That's not the case anymore. So I think for the Hawks, I I do think that they have – enough to get to the playoffs i think they have enough to make noise in the playoffs just because i mean they have trey young trey as we've seen i've watched every single game that trey has played so far in the nba i believe in him i I think he is a star not superstar yet but he's on that path and i think trey in the playoffs is going to be electric i think he's going to feed off that environment I think he is ready for that. I think he's ready to take the Hawks to new levels. And it wouldn't surprise me to see the Hawks upset whoever they play in the first round just because they do have the pieces now. I I wouldn't bet on that. I I don't think, again, I don't think they're ready for that. But I, I think they have the opportunity to be a dangerous team in the playoffs just because of the fact that they have Trey. And Trey is one of the best offensive talents in, in the NBA. But if I was to give a projection about what's going to happen moving forward, I'm still going to stick with what I originally said prior to the season. I, th- I think 37 and 35 is what they're going to end up at. Again, they're playing only 70, 72 games this year. 37 and 35 should get them into the play tournament. And no matter who they end up playing in, in the playing tournament, I, I think they – Will win, I think. Out of those teams that are in like the the middle of the pack in the East, I, I just think Atlanta's roster is the best, and I think they they should be able to beat whoever they play and and get to the playoffs. And you know, if they end up getting to the playoffs, obviously they're gonna have a tough matchup because they're gonna be playing one of the best teams in the East, whether it's Boston, whether it's Brooklyn, whether it's Milwaukee. You know those are tough matchups, but again, I, I think the Hawks can compete with anybody on a nightly basis. I don't know if they they can win a seven game series against any of those teams, but I think they they have enough to you know make it interesting at least.
0: And great minds definitely think alike. I projected thirty seven and thirty five as the record for the Hawks as well. I agree. I think Trey Young is on that ascension to potentially being a superstar. and I just love the maturation in his game, especially last night when his three was not falling. He was really getting in the paint, getting aggressive and really drawing fouls like like a Steph Mm -hmm. Curry, like a James Harden, like a Jamal Crawford, whether it's behind the three point line, whether it's in the paint. That's an elevation in his game, especially that was what led him to take over in the fourth quarter and really pushed the lead out and ultimately led us to win last night's game. So, Chris, I can't thank you enough for coming on again today. Tell the audience how they can connect with you, how they can follow all your work that you're churning out for The Athletic.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Kirshner, K-I-R-S-C-H-N-E-R. If you're not subscribed to The Athletic, I definitely recommend doing so. You can just simply click on one of my story links. If you're not subscribed, a box will pop up and If once you continue reading saying – would you like to continue reading, or, or whatever it says? And you can subscribe there. Usually, there's some sort of discounted price. I think recently it's like two dollars a month. You know, we cover pretty much every single NBA team across the league. If you're like a baseball fan, like myself, or NFL fan, we do a, a really good job covering all the teams ac- across you know the nation. So, highly recommend subscribing to the Athletic if you don't already. And for those who do, I really appreciate it. And I, I, I really do enjoy interacting with Hawks fans. I, th- I think you guys are an underrated fan base. I know you guys get some shoot sure. nationally for being, you know, fair weather fans and, and you don't know, turn up for your team. But just for my interactions with you guys over the past now three seasons, uh, you know, I, I can tell you guys are really passionate and I, and I do appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and we certainly appreciate the work that you do. And like I said, I am a loyal subscriber, and I love the work that you do. So I'm going to continue to keep my eye out. Guys, subscribe. Listen to me. If you don't listen to me, listen to him. He has the blue (laughs) check But once again, thank you again for coming on. And we're going to move on forward in the program, previewing the Hawks-Pistons matchup tomorrow. But first, a plug for ExpressVPN. There are tons of VPN providers out there you probably heard of a couple of them, and some of you may have even used a VPN before. Just like I do my research for all my shows to provide my listeners with the best Atlanta Hawks podcast out there, I like to do my research on my sponsors, and I only recommend brands to my listeners that I believe in. And I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs out there make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN developed a technology called trusted server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your information. Second is speed. Like Deion Sanders said, speed kills but in this case, it does not kill your internet speed. I've tried lots of VPNs in the past. Many slow your connection down or make your device sluggish. I've been using ExpressVPN for the last few months and my internet speeds are still blazing fast. Even when I connect to servers thousands of miles away, I can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. Unlike other VPNs, you don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app, click one button to connect, and it's easy. Like TI song, Be Easy, and Trap Music. Great album. Underrated. Atlanta Classic. Anyway, it's not just me saying this. Wired. The Verge, CNET, and many other tech experts rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN in the world, of the world, Craig. So, protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link, expressvpn.com hoopball today, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Three months Good Lord! Again, that's expressvpn.com/hoopball. Visit expressvpn.com/hoopball to learn more. All right, and we are back. And I want to thank Chris Kirshner from The Athletic again for coming on to the show today. It was a wonderful episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation about the Hawks and you know where they have come where they are heading towards and the questions that still need to be answered going forward as the season progresses for the Hawks. But we're going to briefly talk about this upcoming matchup versus the Pistons, which is slated for a 730 Eastern tip off tomorrow as the Hawks, who are currently a seven and a half point favorite, finally return home to play their first home game since the second preseason game. The Pistons have dropped their first two games of the season, losing by 10 points on the road to the Minnesota Timberwolves and losing by nine in a double overtime thriller at home to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They will certainly be looking to get out of this two game skid that they started the season in. Their leading scorer is, no surprise, Blake Griffin. New additions, Jeremy Grant, Josh Jackson, the hometown kid. Mason Plumlee, DeLon Wright, and Jahlil Okafor have all been trying to figure out chemistry amongst themselves, along with the existing roster of D. Rose, Makai Luke, and rookies Shadiq Bey and Killian Hayes. This is certainly a team with a lot of new pieces trying to figure it out early, which speaks to their struggles out the gate. This team has struggled shooting the ball, period, from the floor And they are not a good offensive team. But that is to be expected when you're trying to integrate many new faces into their offense. Right now, they're shooting 44.5% from the field and 30% from the three-point line early on. Struggling from the free throw line as well, which tells me... Well, struggling from the free throw line and getting to the free throw line, which means that they're settling for a lot of jump shots, not really attacking the basket, trying to get to the cup and try to get fouled to get to the free throw line which just speaks to a bad offense in general. They are towards the bottom half of the league in turnovers as well. And defensively, they are equally as bad with middle-of-the-row numbers and lower in almost every statistical category. The positives are that this team does rebound well. They're in the top five early on, but not much good going for the Pistons this year to start off the season. And it started with a very questionable offseason moves, which is... Apparent that they're rebuilding for the upcoming draft. It's apparent. They added a lot of forwards and centers on their team. Not really a lot of guards. They drafted Killian Hayes. who, I mean, he has a tremendous upside, but I really thought they should have got Tyrese Halliburton. But that's just my opinion. And now the Pistons going into tomorrow's game have listed Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose out, which should make things a little easier for the Hawks. But nonetheless, the Hawks will have to come ready to play just because they've won the first two games. It does not afford us to take the liberty of taking any team lightly in the NBA. We used to be that team, and we have gotten up and upset some teams. So we have to come ready to play, and we certainly do not want to look bad or play bad tomorrow going into a back-to-back up in Brooklyn after this game, which will certainly be a tough, tough game two games and the measuring stick games to see where we stack up with the top half of the Eastern conference. And certainly Brooklyn looking like the number one seed early on in the season, but it's early. We're not going to put too much stock into it. Injuries for the Hawks going into tomorrow. Chris Dunn, it was announced today. He will be undergoing surgery this week and his timetable is up in the air for when he will come back. But as far as other injuries are concerned for the Hawks, Clint Capella is listed as probable tomorrow, which is good with a sore Achilles. It will be good to have him back on the floor. Gallinari is still questionable with a foot contusion. Oyeka Okongwu is still out. And Tony Snell is still out. For tomorrow, the things that I want to see from the Hawks. I want to see them continue to build upon good habits of competing, effort, and the good things that I'm seeing on a defensive end. I look for the starters to get off to a fast start, similar to the Chicago game. Trey has a very favorable matchup, having rookie Killian Hayes on him. I expect Detroit to probably put DeLon Wright on him, but either way, I think he should win either of those matchups. I expect for him to have a really big night, hopefully big enough night, and we get to a big enough lead where he can rest. Plumlee's a pretty good facilitator early on for the Pistons, and has an athletic big, but, as I said before, depending on the health, of Capella and Gallo. A small ball lineup like they did last game against him, Grant, Okafor, Josh Jackson could prove very effective against this Detroit Pistons team. And again, that's the perks of having depth on his team and wings and forwards who can guard and play multiple positions. I want to see the Hawks continue to crash the boards, which has been an advantage early on in the season for the Hawks, even with the absences in the front court. They will still need a team effort crashing the glass. As I said before, Detroit has competed in each of their games and done well getting rebounds. I look for the bench to continue to dominate against a shorthanded Detroit Pistons team who is still trying to figure it out. And as I said before, with Griffin and Rose out, they're not going to have really a lot coming off the bench. There's maybe some guys who are hungry to come off the bench for the Pistons, so the p- bench certainly needs to be up and ready to go. But... I've looked for them to dominate off the bench and try to put this one away early, especially if the starters can come off the blocks, hot, fast, pass the baton off to the bench. They continue that momentum. Hopefully we can put this game away early. I want them to use this game to continue to work on offensive execution, get players like Rondo and Capella, who've been out with injury, get them going, get them assimilated into the offense. I expect them to feed Bogdanovich to get him going shooting the ball as he's done other things well, as I alluded to in other episodes, but let's get his three-point shot going. Let's get his other shots working and continue to work on hitting from different spots on the floor so we figure out where he's most effective so we can make those staples and plays throughout the season so we know that in a pinch we can get a bucket from Bogey here. At the top of the key, in the corner from three, at the three, at the top of the three-point line, wherever he's going to be effective. Let's try to figure that out a little bit tomorrow. I want to see the Magic City Trio, the young wings, continue to do their work. I'm not going to get much into that. They've been playing great. I want to see them continue this momentum and continue to build this game by game. I want to continue to see the great play from Trey Young to start the year. And as I said before, if everyone does their job, I would like to see him get fewer minutes this game to get him ready for the battles ahead, especially the back-to-back, as I said before, versus the Brooklyn Nets. And I want to see John Collins dominate tomorrow, continue to play with energy, effort on both ends of the floor, and I would love to see that outside shot of his fall some tomorrow, get him some confidence going into Brooklyn as well. So my projection for tomorrow... I think the Hawks pull away with this one against a shorthanded Pistons team. I feel like the final score will be 122-107 to open up with a dub here at home at the State Farm Arena. Pistons will compete throughout the game, which is without question. But I think the offensive firepower and the depth for the Hawks will ultimately be too much for the Detroit Pistons. As I predict, many Hawks will get on the floor. They're going to spread the minutes, spread the wealth. Get some players some time on the court to showcase their skills, because like Laurie Pierce said, it will take everyone to be successful this year. And you never know when someone's number will be called on in a big moment to step in and contribute, like the Nathan Knight game last night versus the Grizzlies. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow's game. I have another episode that will be coming out very shortly where I collaborated with. Who bought Grizzlies David Williams to talk more about last night's matchup versus the Grizzlies on both sides. Talking about the Hawks and the Grizzlies going forward and how heated of a matchup the next time it will be when they play after a lot of chippiness, especially towards the end of the game last night and smack talk that occurred between Ice Trey and John Morant. And it even spewed on the Twitter, got Jaron Jackson involved, who will certainly be available for that next matchup. So. I expect a very heated, competitive contest going into the next time we play the Grizzlies in the back half of the schedule, so I'm really going to be excited for that. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a family member, to tell a friend about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks on the market. That's no cap, no smoke, numbers don't lie. Share with fellow Hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe. I know New Year's is coming up at your New Year's party. Just like Trey Young sprinkles in that little nut, man. Sprinkling a little plug for this podcast. Follow us at Hoop Ball Hawks on Twitter. That is Hoop Ball Hawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67 on Twitter. That is Brad J A R R E T T67. And as always, yeah!